Hello and welcome back to The Road to Angus. This is part two of a two-part interview with award-winning author Wendy H. Jones. It is released in conjunction with the Scottish Book Trust and in support and celebration of our summer reading challenge, Reading Ahoy, which launched on the 29th of June. Um, If you haven't listened to part one, a link to that can be found in this description. I would highly recommend that before you listen to this part. In this part, Wendy tells us about romance in Angus, surprising things fans say and do, as well as her recommended reading list for the Reading Ahoy Challenge. So if that's something that would interest you, keep listening. Is there any advice that you would have for somebody that wanted to get into writing? The thing is, most people prevaricate. They don't get themselves motivated to do it. Now, I'm very good at motivating myself. Um, I've brought a book out called Motivating Matters, as, uh, Motivation Matters as well, which is 366 exercises to get you writing every day. Now, this Motivation Matter book uses something called NLP, which is Neural Linguistic Programming, and it just gets your brain thinking in a different way. The thing is, everybody goes, oh, I want to write a book, but I don't have time make time how do you make time by giving something else up or staying up a little bit later after the kids have gone to bed and sitting down and writing yeah i don't have the right ideas write anything write anything you want you'll have started writing write about the paper clip on your desk if you want you will have started writing you just need to sit down and start writing and but you need to motivate yourself to do it. You need to plan in time to do it. Plan in an hour in your day and say, I want to write, and then write down a title of something you'd like to write about, you know, um, the pig flew over the moon. And then just start writing about pigs, about moons, and then why they would fly over the moon. I've just thought of that. Maybe I could write that book. <laughs> well, that would be the next picture book. Bertie goes to the moon. (laughs) Oh, Bertie goes to the moon and got lost again. Uh, They could send send astronauts to get him. They can. They can. They can send astronauts to get him. It's a great (laughs) idea. You know what? We're crowdsourcing another Bertie book here. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I I, I want 50% of the royalties. I'm sure you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take five. (laughs) <laughs> oh good that's a bargain <laughs> so you were saying that you have another picture book in the works Is well I'm there... hoping I have written another one and I have pitched it to the publishers and I am just waiting to hear if it's been accepted or not and they're going to go ahead with it so you can never say it's a done deal until the ink is dry on the contract <laughs> Yeah. Can you, can you let give us any hints as to what we can expect from it? Well, it's um, set in different places. That's all I can say. I can't give away too much at the moment because the publishers might give me into trouble. But it's set in different places, including Scotland. Intriguing. I like it. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> since you've started writing, what is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself or learned about the process of creating books? I've learned that I'm a lot more creative than I think. I'm, I was always analytical. When you write textbooks, when you write articles for magazines, um, you know, like nursing magazines or education magazines or women's magazines, you're actually um, using in that very analytical side of your brain. Now, as I say, I've always liked writing, but I've discovered that I'm actually a lot more creative than I think. And I've discovered that I can look around me and literally pick on anything that's 
around me and write something about it and make it either funny or interesting or enjoyable or kill somebody with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not kill them in real no, life. Not in, in real fiction. life. No real people are harmed in the writing of my books. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have that on the inside cover? Uh, I have the, uh, on the inside cover of D.I. Shona McKenzie's Guide to Killing Your Boss, yes. <laughs> it says, this is not real. I didn't try any of this and you shouldn't do it at home either. Yeah. Um, and can I ask you a question about your readers? I know I touched on them a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, you were saying that you want to write something that your readers will enjoy and you're constantly thinking about them as the, yeah. the, the end the, the end product and how it will come across yeah, to them. Yeah. Since your first book, has the way that you communicate with your readers changed? How much of an input do they have into what you're writing? Um, they can do because they give feedback. I mean, most people say they like it. Some people say they don't like the books. That's normal. You look up any book you want and you'll get people that say they love it. They'll get people that say they hate it. They'll get people in the middle, you know, but I do get feedback from my readers saying I really enjoyed it. When you get a review the day after it comes out and it goes, oh, I really enjoyed this. When's the next one? And you think, I haven't even started it yet. Give me a chance. You know, that helps. But also, I mean, I'll give you an example. And Angus Library has actually come into this example. Now, there's not huge amounts of romance in my book. OK, I, 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 they're crime books. But in the first book, Shona McKenzie starts out having a bit of a a bit of a romance, a bit of a, I quite like him, with Douglas Lawson, the procurator, fiscal. Now, when my second book came out, I was at Montrose Library doing a talk, and we, there was a room full of people. It was all very nice. And Christine Sharp had made it all wonderful. She's an amazing person. Thank you, Christine. She and is wonderful. She is. And we were all there. And at the end, after I'd read a bit out of the book and I'd told them about where it came from and all this, somebody said um, in the questions, are, are Shona and the procurator fiscal ever going to get married? And I went, oh, my goodness, I don't know. I said, they haven't, I said, they haven't actually told me yet, but I will, you will be the first to know. So that let me know that the readers were also interested in that storyline. Yeah, the wrong so time. I needed to develop it more. So their relationship has developed through the books. And I can't tell you too much without you reading the whole series. <laughs> no, no, of course not. Otherwise, it's I a mean... plot spoiler. But I did listen to the readers and they happen to be Angus Library readers. So there we go. Yeah. And is there any other way? Is there any interesting way that readers have tried to contact you? I get contacted by people all sorts of ways. I've got a newsletter. People contact me through that. Um, people, I had one person who came to find me to say they didn't actually like my books much. And I said, that's absolutely fine. Um, that wasn't a drama because if, it's happened to all the big writers. They've had people come say, I'm not buying any more of your books. So I don't like them. And they'll go, okay. Um, but they came to an event to tell me that that's absolutely fine. It's not a problem. He was lovely about it. I think he was just trying to be polite to say, I'm not buying the rest of your books because they didn't really appeal to me, which is absolutely fine. But I have had, I went to, um, I was doing a, a, a book signing in, um, in Costa Coffee in Brotty Ferry. And I, it was starting at 10 o'clock. So I got there about 5 to 10 and there were people waiting for me 
wait, and they, they, when they came up and they said, got the book signed, they said, oh, we've been waiting since um, eight o'clock this morning. And yet all oh, the God. signs, all the signs said 10 o'clock. They said, well, we came from Money Feet, we walked the dogs and we decided to sit and have coffee and wait for you. So we didn't miss you. And oh then they God. told me they told me they really liked their book, my, their books, and it turned out they were teachers at the school I used to go to. Oh um, so you know that was quite nice. So they came to readers will find you; they will find you wherever you are. I've had people come to find me at conferences in America because they wanted to buy signed copies of Bertie the Buffalo and get the Bertie mm -hmm. the Buffalo soft toys. They weren't even out in America at that point, but they came to find me. Luckily, I had some. My publisher was there, and we agreed that we could sign them to them, and they could buy the soft toys for the grandchildren. You know, that was yes. fine, but. It, people will find you. However they do find you, they will find you. Yeah. Have they ever said, have you ever heard something really odd from a reader? Um, have I ever heard anything odd from a reader? Not really. A couple of people have picked up that, you know, they've said that I say that the, the sun's rising a certain way in the first book. I deliberately try to avoid that. I said that Dundee looked nice while the sun was rising, but they surmised from the way that Shona was running, and she was having gone for a morning run, that she was running in a certain direction. But again, that's actually up to the reader. If that's what they read into it, it's what they read into it. I haven't communicated it effectively if somebody's reading that into that. Yeah. That's, a, that's an amazing amount of detail that somebody is. It must be so flattering that somebody is so riveted to your work that they pick up on little details like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I got I, people in Dundee often tell me they'll send me messages saying it's not the law hill. It's the law. Law means hill. And I just send them a nice message back going, I appreciate that. Unfortunately, it's not only people in Dundee that are reading this book, it's people all over the world. And if I say a body was found on the law, it makes no sense to somebody living in Australia. <laughs> they have their Google Translate out, Scottish yeah. Translate. <laughs> I had a dog die. It was killed off-piste, completely off-piste, no description of it. The, the old tramp just said, they killed the dog, his dog. And I got people saying, please don't kill the dog. Can you resurrect her? I did. <laughs> by, the, by that point, I'd written the next one and there was a puppy in the next one. So I said, so my advice to anybody writing is my number one piece of advice is never kill an animal. Bear in mind, I write about serial killers. OK, I kill numerous humans in my books. <laughs> Nobody cares until you kill an animal. So please don't kill an animal. Yeah. <laughs> moral of the story leave all puppies unharmed yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely leave all puppies unharmed <laughs> anyway so you have agreed i i should have pointed this out at the beginning but i haven't you have agreed to um uh, do this podcast in support of the summer reading challenge which we are launching this week and it's launching yes. nationally but um angus has their own one and yep. it's called reading ahoy so that will, all that information will be linked down below if people listening would like to join the Summer Reading Challenge. It's not just for children, it's for adults as well. Um, yeah. And of course, Wendy's links will be down below if you would like to read any of these books, Wendy, these fabulous, fantastically intriguing books that Wendy has been pitching us today. But um, can you tell us um, why you agreed? Well, why do I... You 
yeah sorry carry on no why do you why would the summer reading challenge because you were so enthusiastic about it why why do you think it's important i am absolutely passionate about reading i'm absolutely passionate about supporting reading everybody should read it's been proven time and time again that if you read to your child their iq will be higher if children read they will do better in their exams reading takes you to a whole new world we're all in lockdown at the moment in scotland still and everybody's been in lockdown all over the world for three months you couldn't leave your house yet you could go anywhere you want anywhere in the world any dimension anywhere in the universe just by reading a book you can learn new things by reading a book it doesn't have to be a fiction book it can be a non-fiction book you will develop better reading skills better writing skills better communication skills and will be a better person all round if you are a reader and i am so passionate and i'm passionate about libraries because i have been um at libraries i've been at libraries since i was three years old i've always used libraries wherever i've been in the world i've used libraries and i've gone to find the nearest bookshop that does books in english everywhere i've been in the world because i could never be without a book ever i've always got a book with me now sometimes it's ebooks sometimes it's paperbacks now i read ebooks because i travel a lot they're easier to cart than but you can get them on the library. You don't even have to buy them. You can get ebooks from the library. So please, everybody, I would plead to everyone to read as much as you can because it's so important for your development. And for your children's development. And just it's just fun. Yes, absolutely. It is so much fun. It really is. And to that end, I have asked you ahead of this interview to pick Three books that are available on Angus Alive Libraries on our platform, RB Digital, that you would recommend for people to read during the Summer Reading Challenge. Yes, I have. Now, I have to be honest and say that these are all adult books. The reason for that is it's very difficult to find children's picture books that are digital because they need the pictures. <laughs> the fact that picture books is uh, a bit of a giveaway. So is that all right if they're all adult books? I think that's fine. I think yeah. that's fine. It was your three recommendations. You can take it any way you want to. And as right. I said, the challenge is not just for children, it's for adults as well. I'll be doing it. Yeah. And the books I've chosen, you can read them to your children as well, because even though they're adult books, that doesn't mean you can't read them to children if they're suitable. Yeah. I'm not saying read them to a three-year-old, but if you can read them to your 10-year-old. You know, and 10 year olds, if they've got a good reading level, would be able to read these books without anybody vetting them in advance. No so serial killers. That's a good thing. There's no serial killers. No, none at all. <laughs> right. The, the first one is, an, is by Simon Brett, who's an absolutely fantastic, humorous mystery writer. Cozy mystery. He's he's brilliant. He really is. And his latest book is called The Liar in the Library. And The oh, Liar wow. in the Library is so much fun. It's a couple of um, elderly women in their 60s who take up sleuthing and they run around causing havoc. And they're always in the midst of everything. And they're two totally different people. And they would never come together in the big scheme of things, except they've got this love of sleuthing. 
So that's a good one. The liar in the library. That actually sounds really good. Sorry, <laughs> that really sounds good. really I would, good. <laughs> I would recommend any of his. I'm going to have a little drink because I've got a frog in my throat. Oh, go for it. I've just finished my tea uh, and my voice is going as well. So <laughs> Right, that's better. The next one, we've talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, Agatha Christie. I haven't done an Agatha Christie one, but um, Sophie Hannah is actually doing Agatha Christie mystery. She's doing the Poirot mysteries. And there's one called The Mystery of Three Quarters. And Sophie Hannah has absolutely nailed it. She has nailed it in terms of getting the voice of Poirot right. Our little Belgian detective. She's nailed it. So if you like Agatha Christie and you're sad that you can't read hers, the mystery of three quarters is perfect. Now, I first started reading Agatha Christie when I was, in fact, I was younger than this, but I first started borrowing them out of the library when I was 10 years old. If you have a good reading age, anybody can read these books. So it's, you know, if you like reading older books, you can read them. Um, so that's another one. Now, they're both mysteries. And I'm going to tell you about another mystery by a very good friend of mine. Uh, but it's her second series, not her first series. And it's Lynn Anderson. And she has a new series starring um, a, a chap called Patrick de Courvoisier, which is a fabulous name. And he's a, a detective. Now, these are more cosy mysteries than her normal mysteries. And Patrick de Courvoisier, the books are set in... Um, Cannes in France and I've been there and Lynn has absolutely nailed the setting and the book I'm recommending is called The Case of the Black Peril and this is a this is a series which I think is highly underrated because it is superb absolutely superb That's so they're my three books thank you very much you can see the the, the mystery lover coming out in you Absolutely. I love yeah. mysteries. I can't, I mean, I can recommend other books. A book that I would recommend um, is Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine. That's a good book. If, and that's not a mystery. You know, oh. it's, it's an enjoyable tale. And yes, you got a I, bonus book. <laughs> you've got a bonus book. Sorry, I've given you four. I won't give you any more. I no, go you for it. You're, you're giving me, because I've been trying to pick what my books are, so you are helping me enormously. Because it's difficult when you go onto the app, it's difficult. There's so many books on there. Yeah, there is. Another one that uh, I know is available, and it's again, it's not a mystery, but if anybody's read The Adventures of the Hundred-Year Man, Old Man Who Climbed Out of the Window, there's a new one out called The Accidental Further Adventures of the Hundred-Year Old Man. So the follow-up. And oh, that's, that's not a mystery. That's not a mystery. <laughs> no, fantastic. Oh, no, I wasn't criticising with the mysteries, but it's no, no, like I know you know passion you coming through. Like. Absolutely. I love mysteries. I like a good... None of them have... They, obviously, they do have a dead body in them somewhere because they all do. But because they're all cosy mysteries, they're all kind of off-piste. So there's nothing you need to worry about. Yeah, and no dead puppies. No dead puppies in any of them, no. Not a one. <laughs> good. <laughs> Anyway, um, Wendy, it has been delightful talking to you. You're so interesting. Thank you so much for taking time out your busy schedule to um, come and speak to us today. Oh, you're more than welcome. It was my pleasure. I, oh, I love Angus Libraries and I 
always want to come and chat to you and help you in whatever way I can. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And um, possibly then, if you would like to hear from Wendy, uh, if our listeners would like to hear from Wendy again, leave us a message down before down below we'll see what we can do or if you have any other ideas for podcasts please let us know we'd love to hear from you and until next time we'll speak to you soon the books recommended by wendy are available to download to all angus alive library members to find out how you can download them or if you would like to become a library member please visit our website at angusalive.scot for more information about reading ahoy please visit our facebook page all the links are in the description down below reading ahoy is open to all ages and reading ability and is and it will be running from the 29th of june to the 16th of august until next time Be healthy, be active and be creative.